Welcome to Mountain Talk on WMMT. We are here in the beautiful Apple Shop Studios in downtown Whitesburg, Kentucky. And today on our Mountain Talk show, we are featuring the programs of the Kentucky Valley Educational Cooperative, which we'll hear a lot about, but is a co-op of 19 school districts here in eastern Kentucky outstanding school districts I hear but we are going to hear straight from the students who have been a part of KVEC programs over the last couple years and we have a few of those four four students in the studio with us I'm Tanya Turner I do community engagement with KVEC and I'm co-hosting tonight with Willa Johnson who also does community engagement with KVEC and she'll kind of switch over we're going to do this in two parts Great, so we have Kylie Short and Cameron Wright in with us, both here from Letcher County. Would you all introduce yourselves? <laughs> I'm Kylie Short. I'm a junior, a becoming senior at Letcher County Central, and I am a representative for the Student Senate at KVIC. Uh, I'm Cameron Wright. I'm an upcoming freshman at Yale University in Connecticut. Uh, I spent the last year uh, as a gap year intern at the Kentucky Valley Education Cooperative, and I worked on a, a whole slew of projects there, most of which were involved with student voice. Since you mentioned it, will you tell us a little bit more about what a gap year to Yale is for inquiring minds like me who don't know? Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> it, it's something that's really encouraged more often now. Uh, it's just a way for students to, you know, really break the linear perspective of education. Instead of going directly to college instead of going directly to graduate school or something you can take some time off and explore your own interests and really take some time and mature and, and kind of practice being an adult for a while which was what I was able to do for a year. How's it going? Okay <laughs> I, I can deal with it. And you went to Letcher Central is that right? Yes that's correct. So you just graduated last year? Yes. And so how were you involved with KVEC while you were still a high school student? I was a member of the inaugural student senate class of, I guess, 2015, and I was the senior senator from Letcher County. Kylie, would you tell us a little bit about what the student senate is for folks who don't know? The student senate is a group of 16 counties, is it? 16 counties? And there are two student representatives from each school. I was a junior, and Ashley Benton was our senior representative in the past year. And there are just different subgroups that are focused on student voice, Kentucky Youth Assembly, community problem solving, and economic development. <laughs> so you probably know the most uh, about the subgroup that you were a part yeah, of. Yeah, I was a member of the rest of them. <laughs> but I was in the student voice subgroup, and we got to go do a lot of cool stuff. We got to go to Frankfurt, to the Capitol building, and talk to the lieutenant governor and attorney general and the Secretary of State, Allison Lundergan Grimes. She's so cool. We got to lobby a little bit with the Pritchard Committee on tripwires in education and uh, affordability of college. So that was pretty cool. I got to speak directly to Allison Lundergan Grimes and the Lieutenant Governor, and that was, that was a pretty cool part of that. That's something I wouldn't have gotten to do without being a part of this. We got to sign the Power Plus plan. What's the Power Plus plan? <laughs> the Power Plus plan was $10 billion basically going into the region for economic revitalization <laughs> in eastern Kentucky, and they were going to use the money to go toward redoing like the coal fields and making more businesses and taking people who had been out of jobs and putting them back into jobs. 
that are more stable than coal jobs and we all got to sign that and speak about why it was important to us and I think that that was pretty neat. So well let's stay on that for a second. So I understand you signed a resolution. So the student senate signed a resolution in support of the Power Plus plan, which was a proposal, a White House proposal Mm -hmm. for the budget. Is that right? Yeah. And you helped to organize that, Cameron. Is that right? That's correct. So can you tell us a little bit more about kind of the planning and organizing that went into that? Yeah, definitely. Once we uh, really heard about the Power Plus, a lot of local governing bodies had started to pass resolutions in favor of it, really just trying to jump ahead and show our representatives in Washington that uh, the coal fields and the people in the coal fields are in favor of this. So we decided it would be great to incorporate some student voice into that because that's usually what's lacking from all the discussions that consider, that uh, occur around economic justice and economic security and development in the region. And so we organized an event here in Whitesburg where we had the stu- some of the student senate members come both in person and virtually to discuss the Power Plus plan, how it would affect them. Uh, and what their visions for the economy and the future of this region were, and they voted on it and passed it unanimously. And uh, we uh, let our elected representatives know how we felt about it. Some of that was actually included in the federal budget this year, and uh, hopefully it comes around for the next fiscal year budget, too. Sounds awesome. <laughs> so, Kylie, will you kind of describe what happened that day a little bit? You were you were there at the, you all had a, you said you had an Navia in Wattsburg. Where was uh, that at? It was held at the uh, Wattsburg City Hall, and there was a group of about eight or ten of us, eight or ten. We all got to sit down and just talk about what the bill was and kind of understand it better, what it meant to us and how it would change our futures in eastern Kentucky. And I said that, like, it's so sad to see thousands of people, literally thousands of people, have had to leave eastern Kentucky, and something like this being put into our region would definitely help with uh, the immigration and I got to talk about how not only the culture is leaving but how you you get to keep the culture because nobody else will be nobody else will be leaving it's just it's who we are and I think that we have to keep that here our culture and our music and our art and all the great things that we've created, we can't just let that go. That's, that was most, what was most important to me is because I'm kind of an artsy person and I like my banjos just as much as you do. So <laughs> I do not like to see stuff like that leave my area. Oh. oh, but okay, back to what I was talking about the day. So there was about eight or ten of us and we got to sit down and talk about it and what it meant and we were interviewed by WYMT and a couple of us got aired that night. We sat down and we voted and each of us said, yes, absolutely, of course I support this great thing that's happening for my region. Got to sign for it. After that, got to talk to James Wallycraft a little bit about it. And he was very excited for us to be there because, you know, he does love our region too. And we got to talk to some people who worked at the Apple shop about it. And they were all very excited that we were there. So it was set up like kind of a mock Senate situation. Yeah, it was, it was set up like... Uh, like a grand jury. We were all sitting behind a table and <laughs> we had our gavel out, <laughs> which was kind of cool. And we had one person leading it and said, well, this court is now adjourned and got to hit the little gavel, which is funny. But <laughs> Great. 
So I'd love to back up a little bit um, and hear more about your trip to Frankfurt because um, really it seems like as a student Senate member, a lot of your experience is kind of preparing you for what it might be like to help in, in decision making, maybe even running for office <laughs> and figuring out how um, young people throughout their lives um, contribute to decision making in their community. So what set up this trip to Frankfurt for us? How'd y'all get there? How many people went? What'd that look oh, like? Dear. Okay, so... Um, your best guess. <laughs> Me? Frankfurt's pretty far away, yes, right? It was, it was quite a trip. It was a haul. So <laughs> we got on the bus, and it was me, Cameron Rott, and our majority leader, Faye Collier, who is a teacher at LCC. So we get on the bus, and we're driving along, and they say we're going to make a stop in Hazard and pick up some students. We're like, okay, whatever. So there was about 10 students that got on at Hazard, and then we keep driving, and we stop at another school. And they were like, we're going to pick up another people. And now we were like, okay, 10 more. We can fit them. So they get on the bus. And it's like, you know, when people are getting out of a clown car, it just keeps going. It was like the reverse. Like, people just <laughs> kept getting on the bus. We were like, all right. So we thought it was just going to be a couple high school students. No, this is a bus full of middle school coders who had been asked to come to the uh, to the Capitol building to talk about how they had taken coding classes and stuff. So the bus was full at this point, and we still had about two hours left of our drive. So we get there two hours later. Bless us for getting there safely <laughs> and securely. And it was very hot in the bus. Even though it was wintertime, it was hot because all the bodies. So we get there, and we were given a tour of the Capitol building and got to go to... Governor Matt Bevan's office, which was neat. We didn't get to go inside because I'm sure he was in there very busy. We got to meet with the Pritchard Committee, and they were having a lobby kind of deal in the uh, rotunda. And they got to talk about um, students who couldn't afford to go to college and their stories. And it was pretty interesting to hear all the different reasons why people couldn't afford to go to college. There was a student who... um, he was a son of immigrants, and he couldn't afford to go to college because he couldn't apply for scholarships because there was a, a discrepancy between his parents getting deported back, and he'd have to keep his younger siblings and take care of them, so he couldn't go to college either way. After that, we got to go upstairs and sit in on a hearing for a bill that was being passed about schools being started early, like the date, so we got to hear about that, and we went to another room and sat and then the lieutenant governor got to come in there and talk to us and she gave us a talk about how her life had been impacted by government but she got to talk to all of us and it was really neat to hear hear from her and her story so after she walked around we took a picture with her I got to talk to her separately and I was like I'm a girl in government too and I want to major on political science and become the governor of Kentucky and she was like yeah that's ambitious (laughs) I like it and she was like you don't need to go to some big school and major in political science or environmental rights or whatever and she said that you just have to have the heart for it and I think that is so true that you don't have to go and major in it. You just have to know what you want to do and uh, go do it. And then I got to talk to Allison Grom. She came in there and gave us another talk. You know, she was all about the voting. She was like, okay, she got to know us up there. And she was like, giving us statistics about um, how many registered voters in Kentucky actually vote and how many aren't even registered to vote. And uh, it was about 30% of registered 
voters in Kentucky that actually voted, which is insane to wow. me because why would you not want your voice to be heard? I don't know. And um, got to talk to her a little bit too. Not as much as I got to talk to uh, the lieutenant governor, but she was super nice. And I told her, I, I just I basically told them I was going to take their jobs, which was probably not something you should tell them, but I did tell them. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be the next secretary of state. And she was like, okay. Look <laughs> I, was out. Like, I guess so. <laughs> but she was like, okay, you can have my job if you really want it. But yeah, I talked to her. A couple other people got to come and talk to us, and they basically just all said the same thing. It's so nice to have you here. We were like, it's so nice to see you. But a lot of those kids in there had no idea who they were talking to or who they are taking a picture of. But, you know, it was cool. It was nice. Then we got Papa John's Pizza. That was a highlight of my trip. <laughs> and so after all that was over and done with, we went back downstairs, and it had started snowing. And so we walked to the bus, and we took our long haul home in the snow. And that was our trip to Frankfurt as KVIC. Cool. <laughs> so was that a highlight for you of the Student Senate this year? Oh, yeah, definitely. That was probably my favorite part. What other things, just, you don't have to get into it, but briefly, what other things are the Student Senate involved with? Some sectors, sectors uh, in KYA, Kentucky Youth Assembly. There's others that focus on the economic development of Eastern Kentucky. I'm not really sure, like, entirely what they do. Like, I just, I know that they do exist, though. Right, you're in uh, the student voice part. Yeah, I'm more student voice, and... I I understand the Student Senate is a part of STARS, the Students Transforming Appalachia with Real World Solutions. Is that right, Cameron? That's correct. (laughs) A lot of those programs, the STARS programs, including the Student Senate, are heavily involved with KVEC's big spring and fall events, right, Um, at the Expo Center. Mm -hmm. Cameron, would you care to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, the STARS program, like you said, Students Transforming Appalachia with Real World Solutions, has the Student Senate, and the Student Senate members serve as facilitators for sessions for teachers who get innovation mini-grants. And uh, they, they basically just run the show and keep everything in line, and they do a very good job at that. You also have the entrepreneurial students from uh, STARS who come and uh, present their projects, and uh, some of them actually sell things. I know the author-illustrator students have books published with the assistance of author-illustrator Chris Epling, and uh, they actually get their books printed and sell those to people at the arena. There's also the community problem-solving teams from STARS that showcase their projects and their innovative solutions to problems facing their communities. And what are those events called? The fall and spring events? Oh, well, in the uh, fall, you have the Promising Practices Summit, and the spring, you have the Action Research Summit. Well, and so students run those events? Uh, yes, to a degree. So can you kind of <laughs> paint the picture of what that looks like at the Expo Center? It's a pretty big place. You have about 1,000 people that come each year. You begin in early in the morning and have sessions all throughout the day, breakout sessions where teachers, educators, community members, even the occasional politician shows up. <laughs> and uh, uh, you can go through and see what innovative work is being, being done in classrooms by teachers, by students, by uh, other people who are involved in the community and schools. Uh, you have vendors there to sell their products. You have uh, all kinds of people who come. You have students who perform on stage during the lunch and in the morning. Uh, just to showcase a lot of the great talent we have in the uh, KVEC service region. It's really just a huge day for everyone in the education arena in eastern Kentucky. 
And uh, as far as I understand, you can learn more about that online at summit.theholler.org. Definitely, the holler <laughs> is great. Yeah, actually, um, we're the the next students who are gonna who are a part of today's mountain talk here in just a few minutes are gonna talk more about the holler and how students have been um, really reimagining what this on an online platform specifically for students and educators in Central Appalachia can look like. And then Kylie, you mentioned earlier that a lot of the students who traveled to Frankfurt to the capital were coders. They had been coding. And here in a little bit, we're also going to hear from um, one of the students who was a part of our coding academy, which is the uh, Appalachian Technology Institute. So we're going to dig into that a little more. Kylie was talking about voting and how important voting is. So Cameron, I just wanted to ask you, um, (laughs) you just voted for the first time, right? I did. In the primary, how'd that feel? It was my first presidential election. Uh, It was amazing. Uh, (laughs) I kept pressing the button over and over to make sure my vote was counted. (laughs) And uh, I, I walked in just so excited and I walked out with my head held high. That's great. So you've been following this presidential election closely? Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, it seems like the student senate that both of you have been a part of and, you know, a variety of KVEC programs have really made you all or at least maybe contributed to your political activity. So could you all give a pitch? What would would you tell? How would you encourage other students to be a part of this process? Um, And what do you think you've gained from it? How would you pitch this to other students in the region? Uh, Yeah, I definitely think it it changes your ideas about politics and government because uh, when you're on the outside looking in, everything is raucous. People are yelling, saying very asinine (laughs) things. I'm not going to say anything about that. But anyway, (laughs) when you are actually working for change, you get to see the mechanics of how things are done. And, you know, politics on the outside and government on the outside looks like a really exciting high-paced thing but it, it's really extremely boring <laughs> and it's you, you learn that it's persistence if you're going to tackle a policy change you have to be persistent and you have to talk to people and develop these relationships and I think being a part of the student senate and my gap year at KVEC really showed me that that's what you need to get change uh, you don't need to be l- the loudest voice in the room you don't need to be saying terrible things about people you just need to be persistent and focused on your policy goals and that's certainly something we did uh, over the past year at KVEC. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could have said that better myself. <laughs> Kylie, do you have anything to add? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, Cameron's uh, a very eloquent speaker, and uh, I just kind of <laughs> laugh. <laughs> but um, I think that in the past year, I've kind of gotten into politics, not because, I guess, kind of because it was an ele- a presidential election year, but being part of the students, and it kind of got me into it a little bit more because I got to go to the to the Capitol building and actually like see things being done and it was, it was really interesting just to see that but I think that being a part of this kind of opened my eyes to it like Cameron said that it is not yelling and it is not throwing your hands it's not saying horrible things about each other it is just it's it's slow and kind of boring but it is something that is necessary and amazing and I love it I, I do love KVEC and the students in it because it's just, it's opened my eyes to a lot of different things in government and politics, and it's so neat. So Cameron is taking off to Yale. We're very proud of him, but you'll be here next year as a senior uh, Senate member, right, Kylie? Yes, you're correct. Can you tell us a little bit about what you hope to accomplish or, or learn or do next year as a senior? I think next year that I want to be more 
involved with the politics part of it because sister let me tell you I have I have not stopped about politics since uh like August because that's when the presidential election kind of started like you know heating up a little bit and that's when I started getting involved with students in it and I got to go to the capitol building a couple times not just with the students in it but I got to go uh watch the supreme court justice being sworn in from Wattsburg Kentucky which was really cool but um I think that next year I want to be more involved with that kind of thing like maybe not changing politics but being able to talk about it with other students to get them kind of interested in it because all my friends are like Kylie hush like stop talking about Bernie Sanders please (laughs) I say no I will not stop talking about Bernie Sanders for you (laughs) and I know he's not in the presidential election anymore it's very sad I think that like getting students into politics and kind of I don't know, but it's like it's more of a Kentucky thing. But they need to be in Kentucky politics, like we talked about today at lunch when we all met together. We got to talk about Kentucky politics, which was interesting because like you never get to hear students talk about politics where they're from. Yeah, unfortunately, people under eighteen don't get to vote in the U.S. So, what what do you think are some barriers besides the big one that um, students aren't allowed? Students under eighteen, people under eighteen aren't allowed to vote. So, how do you get? people under the age of 18 involved in politics when they know they can't vote oh girl lobbying you can you just have to find what you're passionate about and fight for it and that's what I'm always about like I just I'm passionate about so many things I love I love the environment and I love civil rights and every time I hear anything about um social injustice I freak out about it and then I post it on Twitter and then all my friends are like Kylie what is this about and then I get to tell them and I'm just like I, I'm I'm enlightened that I get to tell them about stuff like that because if it wasn't for me they probably wouldn't hear about it and they wouldn't care but I like to talk about stuff <laughs> <laughs> that is great so you're on Twitter and I know Cameron is too would you all like to share your Twitter so people can follow you guys if they were really interested in things you were saying <laughs> absolutely I'll just warn you uh, <laughs> before you follow me and I'm at Cameron W underscore one. And as I said, there was a disclaimer there. So. <laughs> I'm at Kylie Short, K-I-L-E-Y-S-H-O-R-T. I just tweet a lot of song lyrics and <laughs> I, I don't tweet like a lot of important things. But sometimes I do talk about politics, which will be interesting because me and Cameron, we like to tweet each other, don't we, Cameron? We do. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you all so much for being on Mountain Talk and sharing all this. Is there anything you want to add before we hand this over to uh, the next part of this Mountain Talk? Uh, Just thanks for having us on, Tanya. I love you. Yeah, it was so nice to be here today. I love you all. (laughs) This was wonderful. If you're just tuning in, you are tuned into WMMT 88.7 in uh, beautiful downtown Wattsburg, and you are listening to Mountain Talk, part of WMMT's public affairs programming. And we are so thankful for this venue here uh, in Wattsburg. We've uh, just been hearing from two students from Letcher County, one who is about to be a senior and one who has just graduated and is going on to Yale. So thanks again for being here with us. Um, We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to have two other students who are a part of programs through the Kentucky Valley Educational Cooperative, and they are going to share what they've been up to the last year working with KVEC and The Holler. So don't go anywhere. You're in the right spot. We'll be right back. Thank you. I'm going to go out on a limb and make a prediction. In a year or so, there's going to be a new mobile app or video project that will surface on the Internet, and people are going to wonder where it came from. 
You'll have the usual suspects, Silicon Valley, New York, Chicago, emerging startup communities in Kansas City, but all of those will be wrong. It's going to come from a much smaller place, a place where a small town doesn't mean 100,000 people. It's going to come from the hollers of central Appalachia, and it's going to usher in the mindset that anyone can create anything with the right amount of hard work and opportunity. That was Professor Bruce Parsons from the University of Pikeville and KVEX staff in a promotional video about a media platform he designed called The Holler, used to not only create and share ideas for education, but also provide information on how to create and share. Tanya Turner recently sat down with Bruce at The Holler to talk about his creation and role within KVEC and the ARI grant. Can you tell us about the name, The Holler, where it came from, and how that concept has evolved? You know, for Eastern Kentucky, it, it made the most sense for me to try to break down the sort of silos in between areas. Um, growing up in Pikeville, uh, I, I didn't really know where Whitesburg was. We never went that direction. If we were going shopping or doing something, we went towards Lexington. So, you know, when I, in 2005, I graduated college and I was going to intern at the Apple shop for the summer, you know, I'd grown up in Pikeville and I'd told my mother, I said, I have to go to Whitesburg. I don't know where that is. I'm ho I don't know if I have to find an apartment. She was like, it's 30 minutes from my house. The Holler Studio exists in two rooms on the campus at U-Pike. The Holler's colors are bright orange and yellow. The studio is full of microphones, computers, gaming equipment, and cameras. In the recording room, featured on the walls is bright orange soundproofing foam, wood from a reclaimed college theater set, and copyright patents. Mixed within the media gear, you'll see things like a 3D printer, an iPad robot, or a drone, just recently back from a test flight. What is the studio and how did it come to be? Um, the studio was, was sort of, you know, talking with uh, the, the folks in the ARI um, team. I sort of said if, if we're going to ask people, students and teachers from the region to create interesting works of art or interesting sort of digital technology and, and pieces and things like that that we sort of need to lead by example and to have a place where we can do very high quality multimedia production um, and so this room is sort of an offshoot of that so we just designed each wall so that you can turn the camera 90 degrees and you have a completely different uh, backdrop so that as we shoot different things like we have a smart board on one side we have sort of a video game wall on one side we have our patents as you talked about on the other but we wanted to have a place where we could just come and so you take the technology aspect out of the creation process where if I only had this kind of microphone or if I only had this kind of camera, if I only had this sort of internet connection, I could do whatever. So if we eliminate those hurdles, then all you have to focus on at that point is the actual creative project you're, you're trying to come up with. Things that are created in the studio holler often go to live on the virtual holler, right? Yes. Sure. So the virtual holler, the holler.org is, is to me, that is what the holler is. Um, and I think we're still working to find the sort of greater voice of what the holler.org is going to be. Um, it's a social network where people can share some of the things they're working on and converse back and forth. We've got a learning management system, so at some point we'll start uploading free courses um, for people. So if you get a group of high school students who are super into Minecraft and they want to build some kind of Minecraft mod and they're, they've never done that sort of thing, but they're talking about it on the holler, then they hop over to the learning management system and there's a free six-week course on how they can make a Minecraft mod. So it's just a, a direct extension of that sort of 
creative effort that they're hoping to put together. Um, but I think where the holler.org can be the most successful is as a sort of content delivery machine so that we can create things in the studio, students create things in the region, and we do we need to do a really good job of sort of telling the story of how people are making things, not just what they're making. What is your favorite thing that the holler's been used for so far, the space? The art workshop was really great um, just because I came to, I always wanted to be a filmmaker, but I, I couldn't afford all the, th- the things to make films as a kid. Um, so I drew comic books instead. And so one of the first things I made on the holler was the sort of comic section. The first film I ever made was about comic books. Um, and so to see someone come in and actually do tutorials on how to create comics for kids in the region, that was really cool for me. Other than that, like the sort of Twitch streaming that we do, where we stream video games and we're doing creative channels and things like that now, um, just because that's such a new, uh, a new service and lots of students that we've talked to uh, in high schools all want a Twitch stream but they don't have bandwidth at home or it seems like this thing that even though it's completely free to do and you can create an account and 30 seconds later be streaming yourself live on Twitch that's how easy the entry is it was this thing that you know they just couldn't do it it just seemed like too far away so we just immediately started throwing anything and everything up on Twitch just to sort of dispel those rumors that it's it's hard to do or you have to have some sort of special content to pull it off. Parsons saw this trend in kids wanting to stream gaming online and the need to connect K-12 students to higher education, noticing that often the fear outweighed the excitement of the transition. With that in mind, he used the need to have young learners excited about school to help design what the holler is and can be, a place for young creative minds to look to new industries for their futures. The sort of bridge for me with the holler and K through 12 and higher ed is to help some of these young people who have a passion for um, a, a certain area of study or a, a profession they would like to go into, but they don't know what that path is, um, especially in fields of technology and gaming. I think we can sort of show them a new set of skills as a K through 12 student and help them develop that enough so that when they become 18, when they're going to graduate, they can make an educated guess or they can make an educated decision as to what they're going to pursue as a college degree, what they actually need to do to be a professional in whatever field. You know, it's very intimidating as an 18 year old and you graduate and then suddenly you're in college and you go to your first registration setting and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? These are the classes you need to take to make that possible. Um, I think increasing experience levels in creativity and decision making and problem solving at that K through 12 level will make those decisions much more fluid and make more sense for them when they hit a sort of college level you know and so if we generate a whole generation of young people from eastern Kentucky who are collaborating and making interesting products whatever the discipline is as 15 16 17 year olds and they're crossing county lines and they're working between Floyd County and Harlan County and Pike County um, when those students are 23 and 24 they're gonna be so much farther along it's it's they will have gotten some of that sort of the early cobwebs and the sort of fear of jumping into things out of the way and they're not going to hesitate when they have an idea. They're going to have the ability to find people who are of a like mind or who have skills that they don't have and then move those projects forward, whatever they may be. Um, so I think just getting people in the practice of doing that sort of thing is good at any age level, but if we can help transition that process K through 12 to higher ed, I think those sorts of transitions actually have a lasting effect 
on a region more so than sort of quick fixes or whatever happens to be in style. How would you say the holler is impacting place-based learning, not only through technology, but language and creativity? The sort of main argument against place-based education is that people don't have the budgets to create all that original curriculum. So my solution to that was to create online community where it would generate what that personality was, what the people of that community were hoping to learn. And so it takes a lot of that initial sort of burden off of teachers who would like to use place-based education. And that's why all of the tools on the holler, most of which are open source, um, and it was designed as a package that you could just deploy anywhere else. My son is four. His name is Finnegan. Um, he can't really read yet, but he, there's a few logos and things that he recognizes the second that he sees them. Uh, so the U-Pike logo is one because he's, uh, he's grown up with that all over his house, but the holler logo is the other. The second he sees that, he knows exactly what it says. And for him, what the holler is is the studio space. Um, it's a place where he comes and plays and yells into microphones and sings songs and an iPad robot chases him around the room and he plays Mario Kart, um, you know, and that's what it is. He will talk about one day he's going to have a holler, and so the word holler for him means office. And so, like, if, if my wife is working late, he'll say his mommy at her holler. When my mom picks him up and takes him to her office, he'll say, you know, I was at Mimi's holler today. Um, so holler just means office for him. Join theholler.org today to be a part of this online community and to learn more about the work of the Kentucky Valley Educational Cooperative and the Appalachian Renaissance Initiative. Hey guys, you're tuned in to 88.7 WMMT, and this is Willa Johnson. I'm filling in tonight to host from Mountain Talk, and I work with the Kentucky Valley Educational Cooperative in Community Engagement, and you just heard Tanya Turner wrap up with a couple of students who do student senate work with KVEC, and we're going to focus, shift focus now and talk to two new students. If you all want to introduce yourselves, go ahead. I am Austin Williams. I'm Hannah Adams. I'm 17. I will be a senior at Letcher County Center High School this next year. Awesome. And where are you from and how old are you, Austin? Um, I am from Pikeville. I'm 19 and I'm getting ready to enter my freshman year of the University of Pikeville. Awesome. Congratulations. Okay, so you all have been doing work with some programs in KVEC for the last year maybe you a little bit more than a year, Austin. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the program you've participated in at Betsy Lane High School? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, this, well, yeah, this year was the first year that uh, Betsy Lane has had a coding class. So I was very excited to take it going into my senior year. So all throughout my senior year, me and a couple of my pals was uh, learning how to code for the first time. And this was a very exciting time for me and my friends because something that we've always dreamed of was uh, to get our own game company going, was to uh, build this indie company that we can make our own games, animations, and basically just any form of entertainment. And taking that first step was an amazing thing for us. And what is that program called? The Appalachian Technology Institute. Can you tell me a little bit about why you were interested in coding? Well, yeah, you see, I am an artist and I've been an art for four years, but I, uh, I do have depression. So anytime I would have a hard day, I would always go home and I would play a game, get my mind off of it. And it was always an amazing thing for me. 
And so I kind of want to be a indie game maker, a cartoonist, and I want to make all these amazing things. That way people who have also had a hard day, who has, um, you know, not had the best time, could come home, look at the products that I make, and just forget about their life and enjoy that time. And, and what is the connection you find between art and coding? Well, coding and art are, to me, one and the same. In fact, coding I find to be the best form of art, the best form of media. The reason being is because with coding, you can literally create your own world, your own story, and people get to interact with these things that you make. And I find that to be just phenomenal. I really enjoy the, um, the open world experience that it brings to everybody. And I just, I think it's overall just an amazing thing. So can you tell me a little bit more about your hopes for the future, about what, how you want to use coding to, to move forward in your future? Yeah, you see, coding, one thing that I really want to do is I want to open my own business, especially here in Kentucky, to allow people to come and create their own games and animations with coding because um, the lack of economy that has hit Kentucky due to um, coal beginning to go out has really impacted me and a lot of other families and a lot of people are beginning to move away from Kentucky because they feel like their heritage is gone when in reality that their heritage is getting as strong as ever that we just need to find a way to bring jobs here and I think coding does a lot it not only brings a job that emphasizes their imagination and to create their own world but it emphasizes learning as well and that's something I really want to bring to Kentucky is I want people to go to college, you know, learn, and I want them to show who they are, show their imagination, and just do what they want for a living and have fun. And if you were to design your dream company to start here in East Kentucky that involved coding, what would that be? That is a really big question, to be honest with you. But um, I would, right now, I guess I would have to think of a name. But um, if I was to have my own dream company, it would be consistent of doing so many things, not just developing games, but creating cartoons, having an area to where people can come and make their own art. I want to um, donate a lot of the money that I would make to um, schools to be able to raise money for art programs, for coding programs as well. And I want people to make videos as well and you know post them up. And basically, I see myself a little bit more as a coder or a gamer I see myself as a uh, as an entertainer and I really want to use any profit that I get to increase that the cool thing is that you've been you've already been doing amazing work we don't really have to talk about the future you're already doing this amazing work can you tell us of some of the cool projects that you've done since you've been learning to code oh goodness um me and my coding class we actually did a uh, contest from Verizon to create an app uh, create an idea for an app and if we won we would get it made we made it really far up and we actually got money for our coding class to do that and it was an amazing amazing feeling to see everyone come together and create those coding projects we even caught the eye of the Bill Gates Foundation and Bill Gates himself came to my high school and it was extremely like I was very privileged to know that one of the greatest men on earth just came there and a pretty fantastic woman, too. His wife, Melinda, That's right. who helps run the foundation, also came, didn't she? That she did. And it was absolutely starstruck. I, it, it was amazing. So did you get to actually meet 
Bill and Melinda when they were there? Unfortunately, I did not. I got the call because um, I was actually sick. I went to the doctor. And so I got home, made a sandwich, and uh, got the call like, dude, you missed Bill Gates. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, what kind of prank is this? And then he sent me a selfie that he took with Bill Gates. It was, uh, it was <laughs> That's a, a terrible day to be sick and miss school. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. I, I, like, dropped my phone, and I was so salty. I just, like, I violently ate my peanut butter and jelly sandwich by watching a funny cartoon. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit more about the app that you created? What does this app do? What's its purpose? There was a lot of ideas and a lot of planning that came into making our app. It's supposed to scan the environment around you and alert you if there is a major weather forecast coming, like whether there was a thunderstorm or if there was a uh, rock slide that has happened. It would be there to like alarm you beforehand because it is supposed to use GPS navigation to find the surroundings and, you know, you turn it on and it locates your phone and it just takes a visual map of that and just kind of warns you like what's ahead. It was um, originally used to find like poisonous mushrooms or poisonous fruits that if you would go out and scavenge for, it would detect those and it come to something to be a little bit more than that the more we talked about it. And that's something I also really enjoyed about the coding class itself was like how close you got with everyone and how much planning you all did because all the work that we did, it all involved working together as a team. And if we had a problem, we would turn to each other and like help us solve this and see what we went wrong. That's interesting. It seems like a very specific app for this region. What made you decide to choose that as your purpose for building an app? Well, Verizon was wanting, we were wanting to make something for Verizon that uh, was really unique, especially to here. And a lot of ideas got flown around, you know, because we would talk about, hey, you know, what about there's been people who have depression. Let's make something for that or, um, you know, something for dirty water. Maybe we could do something with that. And a lot of ideas were thrown around that was for this region. And so we decided upon that because um, this can be used in any other region, not just ours. But it is made specifically for the Kentucky region solely because you have so many people who go out hunting, who just go to hang out, to travel just anyone who enjoys nature itself, and they could use that app to have fun mm-hmm. and be safe. See, you don't even have to talk about the future. You're already building these things now. Is that one of your favorite things that you've learned to do since you since you started coding? Was that project? That was definitely a really fun thing about like about being in the coding class. But um, I would say the most fun thing about being in the coding class was the coding itself, which is going to sound a little cheesy, but taking those first steps on fulfilling a dream that you've had for a while is absolutely it's breathtaking because like you know that you're finally doing something that you've been wanting to do and you're getting your first opportunity and getting that opportunity to me was like a big deal and it might not have been to others because I've had this idea in my head for a long time but I've had no way to actually pursue it and I did take four art classes because that's all I knew what to do at the time and I still love art don't get me wrong but Sitting there with some of my closest friends and just coding these things. We worked with Code HS, which is it stands for Code High School. And uh, seeing my friends just sit there and type and learn how to do Java and everything. And me just sitting up there learning how to do this was so phenomenal. It was is what was amazing to me because I'm seeing people take an interest in something that I have an interest in. Because I attempted to code before that class you know self-taught was really hard and then having people to sit there and help me 
and I help them and people get interested in something I'm passionate about was uh, definitely the best part to me. So Java is the, the code that you're learning to write? Java is the, the one you use? Yeah, we were learning Java with um, the Carol program at first, and then we went down to um, JavaScript, which is a little bit more of a um, website-based thing because uh, Java was more about um, telling your program what to do, and JavaScript is more about, how do I put it? It's more about if you type something in, like if you type a name and you enter, it'll be that name, and then the sentence and whether something is true or false. It's, JavaScript can be a little bit complicated, and it is hard to explain, to be honest. Awesome. Well, I'll come back to you in just a second. I'm going to shift gears over and talk to Hannah for a minute now. Hannah, I actually started working with you this year at um, Letcher County Central. Can you tell me a little bit about the program we worked on together? I work in the FireShare program. It stands for Finding Innovation in Rural Education. Forgot that right. It's a bit of a tongue twister. (laughs) And it's basically a community for educators, students, basically anyone in our Appalachian community and region to talk about what they're doing in their community, how they're teaching people using our ever-expanding technology to make up-and-coming generations in our region the best they can be. Whenever you first heard about this program, what was your initial reaction? Well, I remember the day you came into my journalism class and you started talking about the hauler and fire share and all this amazing stuff. And at first I was like, oh, that sounds like something cool that I could do. And then my teacher, Rebecca Potter, comes up to me with you and she's like, this is Hannah. She's an amazing writer. You need to work with her. And I was like, okay, I guess I will. And uh, you read my article for the first time and the rest is history. Now we're like best friends. Yeah. (laughs) And you were amazing. You turned in articles so quickly and several and have been really consistent. It's been really amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about The Holler? The Holler is a social media outlet for people in Appalachian to really connect and talk about our culture, our heritage, our technology, our learning. There's so many groups on The Holler for really anyone there's photography groups, video game groups, book club, one for fire share, one for foreign language. It's ever expanding. I always compare it to like we live in a world of tutorials, online tutorials, and this is a space for us to sort of learn from each other as we mm-hmm. go. You wrote your first article and it was published on The Holler. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that piece? It's called The Appalachian Mountains and My Father. It's still up on The Holler. And I wrote that piece originally for my journalism class. It's about my dad, who unfortunately passed away almost four years ago now. And through that time, I was very depressed. I was just terrible, basically. And I've always loved writing, always loved reading, been very influenced by it. And so by writing that article and getting out all of my emotions, it really helped me cope with his loss. And so what was the reaction once it was up online? How did people take the article? It was much better than I expected. I didn't expect so many people to read it. I got a lot of nice comments on the hauler and also on other social media um, outlets. Uh, Whenever I post a new article, my mom obviously has to share it for her entire Facebook to see, which leads to friends and family reading it. And before I knew it, People in Lexington and Bowling Green were reading my work and sharing it, and it was so overwhelming, but um, 
I'm just so grateful for anyone who reads my work and gives me nice comments on it. Was this the first time you had been published anywhere outside of a school a yes. school paper? Yes. So how did it feel to see your work shared online like that? It was so overwhelming, but so amazing. And I hope this isn't the end. I want to go on to be published more on the hauler and in magazines and hopefully eventually a book. That would be amazing. Your piece was hugely successful. Whenever we first posted it, you were the first rollout of student-produced media to go on the hauler in a large format like that. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact numbers, but it had been shared like over, I think, 300 times at last count, which is just a huge number for the site. So it was amazing to see. So then from there, have you written any other pieces? Yeah, I'm trying to work on a piece right now, again, about my dad. I think my dad's the easiest thing to write about. I feel like whenever you write about something really emotional and close to you, it's easiest to get all those emotions down on the paper. And so I find that he is my biggest muse in life in general. And what would you say to other people who are looking for a way to express themselves? I would say to definitely write about something that you're very passionate about. It doesn't have to be about a loss like I do. That's just what's easiest for me. It can be about um, if you're passionate in music and reading, just anything that you hold very close to your heart that's the easiest to write about and so you will be a senior this mm -hmm. coming year and what are your hopes for the future plan on going to community college for two years i like to stay at home very homebound very close to my mother um other than that i'm not really sure what university or college i want to go to yet but like i said i would love to publish a book I would love to work in the journalism field doing a job like you do, working for a website or getting my work out there. And my dream job is to work at Disney World. Disney World is my favorite place in the entire world. I love it so much. What job do you want at Disney? Just something that I can interact with kids with and also other customers there. I just love making kids' days brighter. So maybe children's books is what you should be writing. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good good collaboration there of interest. So you both have done these programs. Austin, can you tell us about your next step? You just did something pretty exciting. You just graduated. First, I want to say that um, she did an amazing job, and that was really heartwarming. I just wanted to get that out because I thought it was important. I'm sorry I kind of no. blew up the question. No, we but, love a good uh, love fest. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it hit the heart, and I'm, I look forward to reading that now. I will look for that article. My next step is right now I am in AMI. I am an intern, and let me tell you, this that is phenomenal. Everybody here is amazing, and I have enjoyed every mo every second, every moment. And AMI for the listeners at home stands for Appalachian Media Institute, and that is a program here at Apple Shop where WMMT is hosted. And let me say, please apply. It is amazing, and you'll have an amazing time. That is a step that I am taking right now onto a better future: is to get a better understanding of my culture here. And uh, I really love film and media. I really like to create products that people enjoy. And so that's what my, uh, my next step is, is to create something that uh, is very passionate, that I'm very passionate about, that others are very passionate about. And you just made some cool headlines recently. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, boy. Which ones? <laughs> so many headlines, we got to narrow it down. Um, uh, yeah, don't worry. What, what program did you just sign on to be in a part of for college? 
Oh yeah, that is right. I um, I talked about the scholarship for esports. Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic. I could talk about that all day, mm-hmm. because I think it's amazing that Kentucky is jumping on this technology bandwagon. Because as a coder, I am a uh, computer nerd, and I absolutely enjoy electronics of any sort. But um, the entire fact that UPike offers esports to children to, or well, not children, young adults now, to go and do these team-oriented things. I mean, competitive gaming has always been an amazing and a huge thing, and to bring that here to Kentucky gets a lot of people, such as myself, is uh, gets us very excited, I guess, is the best way I can put it. So Austin was just one of two Betsy Lane students signed on to UPike to be part of their eSports team, and he'll be competing with the eSports game League of Legends for listeners at home, which is hugely successful movement and really competitive field. So congratulations there. So it seems like to me, one thing we talk about a lot whenever we talk about young people is having things to do, but it sounds like you all are busy. How do you all ever have spare time? There's always spare time for a good nap. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) That's a philosophy I can stand behind there. If you were going to talk to other students, would you encourage them to participate in these programs that you all have used this last year? I would definitely encourage anyone to publish their work on the hauler through the FireShare community. I've met so many people. I've done so many things. It's crazy. I never expected to do the things that I have. And it's a great way to get your name out there. Like I said, I want to go into journalism, maybe even become an author. And having this as a great way to start through high school so you can build up your career. You have a piece that will be coming out at the end at the end of July. Can you tell us a little bit about that piece? It is a guide to high school. It talks about how to keep stress down, prepare for your classes, not worry too much about social norms, and just really be yourself. And what inspired you to write that piece? Mainly myself. When I first went to high school, I was very scared. Like I said, my dad passed away at the middle of my eighth grade year. So going to high school, it was, my life was kind of so crazy at that point. I was very stressed out, very anxious. And I wish that I had someone to tell me all of these things when I first went in there. But you really shouldn't change yourself. You shouldn't change yourself to act like other people, dress like other people, just be yourself. Don't worry about it all. Cause after high school, you're your own person and high school doesn't matter at all. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) And, and how about you? Would you encourage other students to be a member of the ATI? Um, definitely, definitely. Like, this has opened up so many doors for my future because, uh, honestly, about two years back, I, uh, I've always had the ambition, but I've never really had a chance to pursue that. And now I have this chance. And I would tell anyone who um, wants to do this to please pursue it with a whole heart. We have just finished up talking here with Hannah Adams and Austin Williams. And do you all have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, We're pretty awesome. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Hannah, can you give us a pitch for the holler, how they can find out more about the holler? Go to the www.theholler.org and uh, just check out the website. Look at everything. It's ever spending, ever changing. Make sure to read all the Fireshare articles. They're all amazing and there's really something for everyone in there. 
And if you're an educator listening in, check out the holler and feel free to sign up and figure out how you can be a part of these programs through the Kentucky Valley Educational Cooperative. These are just four examples of many projects happening with the Appalachian Renaissance Initiative taking place at KVEC. I am Willa Johnson, and do you all have Twitter accounts you'd like to share? No Twitter? <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't use Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, we got to get hooked up on social media there. <laughs> no? <laughs> nah, I'm always thinking, but uh, I, don't, I don't like to use my phone too much. Well, if you want to learn more or you want to ask questions, you can follow me at Twitter, KVEC underscore Willa, W-I-L-L-A. And you can follow KVEC at KVEC underscore A-R-I. And you'll find many more programs under there and a lot of updates. You can also follow us on Facebook under the Kentucky Valley Educational Cooperative. And there's always highlights happening. Check out the main page of The Holler for news stories of innovative work happening throughout the region from our communities and our classrooms. You've been listening to Mountain Talk here at WMMT 88.7. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to next time.